Let's Talk Home Repair is sponsored by Matriarchy Build, who provide tele-DIY services connecting homeowners to vetted pros for one-on-one video consultations. Visit matriarchybuild.com to get guidance on projects as small as a leaky faucet or as big as a home remodel. You can even book a session with Amy themselves. Visit www.matriarchybuild.com. Tele-DIY. Like telehealth? Yeah. Cool. I know. Hi, I'm Amy, general contractor. And I'm Alicia, homeowner, and we're talking home Home repair. repair. Today, we are talking about your trip to a uh, Seattle co-housing community. Yes. Yes, and your impressions and the lovely things you found there. Then, of course, we talk about it's some, 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 summertime. <laughs> Got it's some maintenance. So we have some summertime home maintenance. And then a couple of uh, listener questions. So let's start. So you went to, why did you go to go see this co-housing community? Well, you I know, mean, I know you're slightly obsessed with it, but what were your specific goals on this one? Well, because this woman is kind of a well-known architect of okay. uh, co-housing communities. So and, not just the buildings, but how they're laid out. And, right, right. Okay. So, um, and... Uh, so Katie McCammon, who we've had on the on the podcast mm-hmm. before, she suggested that I reach out to her. Her name's Grace Kim. Reach out to her to meet her and just, you know, have a connection. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe we could collaborate on something. So um, I shot her off an email and said, um, you know, introduced myself. And uh, she's like, well, yeah, come on over and, and have a cup of tea and I'll uh, show you the building and, and we'll talk about it. And it was it was great. And what were you hoping to learn? Or just exposure to yet yeah, another Yeah, pretty book. much just exposure. It, it's a little bit different co-housing model than what I've been looking at in that it's uh, it's like a condo building. It's like an apartment building, okay. right? Okay. It's just right. one building. It's not separate. So it's an infill kind of thing. And there's nine units to it. Mm-hmm. They did a really great job on designing it. They've got this incredible breezeway, and they have this bike parking mm. place on the inside, and they have this incredible rooftop deck that's got, you know, um, uh, raised beds that produces enough produce that they actually have to give it away, wow. which is really cool. They've got, you know, the common room or common area where it's a kitchen. They have dinners like I think they said, every, I think she said every other night they have dinners together. together? Right, that may um, be a little bit too much together time for me. But well, yeah. and you know, you you pick and choose. For me, oh, somebody they, else, they like have it scheduled, and you don't have to participate. Right, you just, don't have to okay. unless it's of course your night to cook. Gotcha. But, but no, you don't have to. I'm all over it. Somebody else going to cook for me? Yes, please. <laughs> Sign me up. It was built in 2016, I think. They just went through the the whole process of it and, you know, the the ups and downs of, you know, the whole developing it and, and the permits and all that kind of stuff. And and But it was fascinating. She owns um, a Schemata Workshop, which is an architectural firm um, up was on Capitol her, Hill. Was this her first community housing building? Oh, you know, I never asked her that. Mm. I did not ask her. I don't. I'm going to say no, but I'm, I'm not sure. But I know she lives there. She lives there, yes. Okay. Her and her husband live there. She has, she's... Pulling permits on um, a co-housing community in Marysville. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was doing that this week. Uh, she's also designed in Skagit Valley is another one mm-hmm. that she's done. So, it, yeah, it was it was fascinating. And then they are into um, 
working affordable housing oh, yeah. kind okay. of stuff. So that was kind of a fun conversation. I still don't know a whole lot about how you do affordable housing, but, you know, that's that's kind of why I wanted, wanted to people, right? Yeah, right. So, so um, yeah, that was fascinating. And then um, I'm also getting ready to go. I'm not getting ready right now, but in August, there's a, a co-housing, co-housing of the United States. So mm. it's a big, huge national organization, and they have an annual conference that they're having in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. So going to go there for four days, five days, and talk about everything co-housing. And there's four different uh, four different co-housing communities there. And at some point, you're going to have to pull the trigger. You know, I am. Well, <laughs> you know, because I'm going to Nashville, right? Got uh, my yes, right. Nashville body rate yeah. vacation. There's a co-housing community that they're just starting, and I don't believe they've really. They haven't built anything yet, but mm. they're working on it. It's about 15 miles outside of Nashville. Mm. Um, the fun thing about this one is um, it's what they call an agri-village. So there's farming involved in it. Not quite like the one we had talked about up in northern Washington, but right. they still have you know some, some farming that they're going to do with that. So we may go take a little tour, tour and of see that. this one. Yeah. So That's it. Take pictures. I will take pictures. I will take pictures. <laughs> and then I was looking at um, on the website for the co-housing international or, or uh, national organization. Um, they have listings of available co-housing communities. Mm-hmm. There's one in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. There's one in Virginia, which was isn't is in the Shenandoah Valley. Now that would be nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then I think about it. It's like, well, what am I going to do for work? Right. Well, well, I don't know. Tiny houses. You'll find something. I will. You'll start your uh, hope center. There we go. Like we discussed in the last episode. Hope factory. Hope factory. I'm sorry. Yes. Hope factory. Hope factory. Right. right. And build a bunch of little tiny. Yep. I, I'm putting it down right now. We're recording this on May 17th, 2022. And we will see how long it takes before Amy... Actually builds a co-housing community. <laughs> it takes time. Well, it's a huge, it's a huge undertaking. Right. Yes. And and I think what's interesting and what I'm learning through you is there are so many different models of it. Right. You know, like I didn't even think about the the condo model mm-hmm. being a co-housing type of situation, as opposed to I always think of the ones that take up quite a bit of land. You right, know. and you buy your house and you have your little plot of land, right? Yeah. yeah. This one that I went to see had an even different model for purchasing. So they formed an LLC, which um, took the mortgage out for right. the whole thing. Now, and then people pay rent to that company. Well, that'd be interesting because maybe it'd be more like paying HOA dues, that you're paying into this pot and it does have equity to it. I guess. So like, like I guess. Of, who knows? I love that there's like no rules. You can just you set make your up a own. Bunch of, yeah, exactly. Just make your own rules. Make you just it, have to get the bank to say yes. Right. Sure, and, we'll give you money. And then that way, I think the LLC is so easy. Yeah. I don't know. What's this? I'm just making it up. I'm just making it up. Well, I am glad that you shared the uh, continuing tour. Yes. Amy's yes. tour of co-housing. And Grace Kim has a TED Talk as well on co-housing. So if you want to look that up, we'll Grace have the show. Grace Kim. Grace yep. Kim. Well, I'll go co-housing. That'd be kind of fun. Um, all right. Our next topic, 
Your favorite. Home maintenance. Oh, yeah. Our seasonal home maintenance for the summer. What should we be doing? All right. So looking at the roof. Right, should have trimmed it back. And 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 as I was looking at these things um, earlier today, it was so relevant to me right now because <laughs> I just had a huge branch cut off this tree at the office. Oh yeah, because it was just laying on top of our roof. So I had that cut, and I, I, literally that big, you know, an eight-inch diameter kind of thing. As she holds her hands out to an, a foot and a half. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was big, <laughs> <laughs> and. That I just noticed the other day. Now, this was a month and a half ago that we had it cut down or that limb cut off so that it's no longer hanging. Well, there's another one that has now taken its place. Oh, right. Like it created a vacuum. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that branch isn't in my way anymore. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to reach out and I'm going to touch that. And so I got to get up there and cut that one off as well. Wow. Um, So, yeah. Uh, And, you know, spring growth is is happening and and it's going to reach out there and you want to cut that stuff back. So you're not wearing that surface off of your, you know, asphalt shingles or your tile or whatever it is you have. Or siding or whatever. Exactly. Not bashing up so Exactly. Cutting uh, across. Yeah. And I have to give a plug again to. Battery operated chainsaws. Are yeah. The coolest. Aren't they thing great? In the world. Love them. Yeah. Love them, love them. What else do we do? So you got that. May is a great time to service your heating and cooling system. Mm-hmm. Um, HVAC companies are horrible to get a hold of. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of winter, they're even harder. In the middle of the hot spell, you know, we're talking next to impossible. Mm-hmm. So Kind of about now is is a good time to to get a hold of them saying, I need you to do some service on my air conditioning unit or my HVAC or whatever it is. Change the filter because, you know, what's going to be, you're probably not going to be using your heating system much now. Anymore. From, right. from, from now until, right. you know, September or so. So it's pretty, pretty good chance that you can get that filter pulled out, cleaned, put back new and put in. And then uh, with the air conditioning. Then you'll know it's going to be ready to go in July. For us here in Seattle, it could be next week for other people. And right. well, it's for people in Phoenix right now. <laughs> and when the forest fires start. If I have anybody yeah. in Phoenix listening right. to us, right? <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, that's a, that's the thing. Um, and I think that's a really good thing to think about. Um, I think that a maintenance plan with an HVAC company is not a bad idea, so that you can schedule this a year in advance. And then you're not having to fight with them. Because you're going to have to fight for time. Like you say, you know, in Seattle, we used to just have heat. Right. And But now not there's anymore. a lot of people with air conditioning. Yeah. And so the small number of companies have this in, increased load and oh. they are very difficult to get a hold oh, of. Oh, they are. Yeah, yeah, if you can if you can do that, have that that service contract or whatever. We and, they're have- re- and they're relatively reasonable. Yeah, you know. like 159 bucks or something like that. For the it's lowest thing. worth it. Yeah. Right, yeah. definitely worth it. We actually have a project going on um, in Bellevue right now, and part of it is to do some HVAC work, right, putting in some mini splits, and we're going to put an air, air conditioning unit in it. We have had six different HVAC companies scheduled. Now scheduled, we've had like two that have showed up. Scheduled to do the work. Scheduled to do the work or come out and look at it, right? We just want you to come out and look at it and give us a bid, and this is when we need you to do it. Okay. But we need you to look at it first so that you know what you're doing. Right. Crickets. And it's crazy 
absolutely crazy. And and some of these are, you know, the bigger companies. We're not talking about the mom and pop ones. We're talking about, you know, they've got, you know, eight, nine, ten trucks out on the road. And that's like, oh, yeah, well, we didn't we didn't come out. Really? Wow. Yeah. Horrible. Just awful. Really interesting. That's mm, yeah. So I'm a little flummoxed. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting kind of scary. How it's like, are we going to be able to right. get this work done? Because we want to put the flooring back down. We've got the whole subfloor up. Oh, shoot. So that they can move ductwork because it's crawl space. And would you, uh, w- you know, if they become impossible, would you lay your own ductwork? I mean, that's not rocket science, is it? Especially, I mean, since you have everything exposed. Well, mm, that means I'd have to get out there. I don't okay, Amy. I, I don't the know. The spirit of this show is stuff that we can do, stuff <laughs> that we can try. Yes. Lane duct work it's is not that doable. Hard. Right. It's not that hard. Because it's you're putting a square box in or a square rectangle in and you're moving it and attaching it. So maybe some some you're right. You're right, Alicia. You're right. I'm just trying to help. Right. I'm not being critical. Right. I'm trying to help. No, that's true. It, for for somebody for a DIYer that's fine yeah but for us as you know contractors contractor right we're talking warranty we're talking I mean that is not our specialty sure. so that's where that's where I kind of get uh, messed up a little bit but if it were my own house and uh, yeah you could just sheet metal place here in town somewhere and tell them I need a eight foot section of you know whatever and yeah yeah you could do it. It's not that hard. I mean, installing something, you know, a, a hardware device, you know, that's special. Yeah, like the actual, uh, the, unit. the units themselves yeah. with the refrigerant and everything. Although there, there is one out there that it's a DIY heat pump. And I, didn't we talk to that guy about it? We did. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was like, yeah, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so listen so, to our episode on that. Right. Say, nope, hire us. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Fujitsu General. Right. Yeah, <laughs> Fujitsu General, right. So what else yeah. should we do? Okay, um, you're going to actually— oh, let me guess. Should I clean my dryer vent? Yes. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> it is one of those. Yep. How long have we been doing this podcast? Oh, this is— it's a our, year. This is our 60th episode, actually. It is. How many times have I cleaned my dryer vent out yet? None. None. I know you have not. None times. Ugh. I've got to do it though. I, you know, and I even looked at it. Can I, can I say though, my hose from my dryer to the outside is literally four feet, mm-hmm. three and a half. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yeah, yeah. So what's the problem? So I'm just saying less necessary, right? There's less that it's going to get caught on. Well, because it's it's a less distance. It's it's probably close enough to the outside that it is getting blown outside. Are you sure? You don't know that. I don't know that, but I was guessing with four feet. How bad could it be? All right, this is my promise. Okay. In late June. Y'all are here. We're all this. traveling. Right. But in late June, by June 30th, I will have cleaned my dryer. Okay. I hose. won't even put that much pressure on you. What I'm going to say is the next time home maintenance comes around, <gasps> which is going to be about September, <laughs> right? I'm going to say, so, Alicia. How's that dryer vent? I think that's fair. Is Let's that clean? That. Let's do that. All right. So I'm setting up a personal challenge. 
for anybody who's listening, we want you to clean your dryer hose or vent hose. Mm-hmm. And when you do, please email us at askamy at amyworks.com and say that you've done it. And, and then Alicia will sing you a song. I will do that. Oh, that's sweet. For anybody who emails that they, and you have to do it. Like, right. you, you come on do. now. Send us a picture. <gasps> Just yes. send us a picture. Of your dirty, like, uh, whatever. A before and after. What, well, that's hard to get, right? But they could show a picture of what they pulled out or if they used a brush. A brush or whatever. Okay. Just some, some type of validation. There's got to be a little dryer lint somewhere. Yes. It can't be just a brand new dryer brush. And I will sing you a song. Okay. Okay. For everybody that for anybody that doesn't know, (laughs) Alicia is an amazing (laughs) singer-songwriter. She's laughing like crazy, but she really is. She's one of my absolute favorites. She's the one that she does that music on the end of the podcast. And and she's gonna be one of the entertainers on an Olivia cruise in Germany. Going to Germany and you're out on next Friday. week. Next week, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Next so week. if you I'll haven't be- if you haven't booked your tickets yet, but <laughs> yes, and I'll be seen you on the can River. and check Denny. her out. Check her out. Spotify AliciaHealy.com and is, and is on AliciaHealy.com. Yeah. Right. So yeah, she's on Spotify. Check it out. Wow, she is what a plug! Amazing. So yeah, but, and you will get a song. Yeah. Right, okay. Just, good. All right, sorry. Back got distracted again. Seriousness here. Okay. Um, what else? Maintenance. You're checking underneath your sinks for drips and dribbles yes. and moving the boxes and making sure they're not stuck so that, you know, because, you know, how often do you really pull all that stuff out? I say it every time. And it's low-hanging it, fruit. It is. It Just is. Just do it. And then cleaning your aerators, too. You know, it's like somebody will say to me, like, I have no water pressure. Right, right. Have you cleaned your aerator? No. Well, Give try, try that first, and yeah, you'll be amazed. <laughs> and you can, if you don't want to clean it, because they're kind of a pain in the butt to take apart sometimes. I think they're kind of fun. It's kind of like working on a small engine. Well, it depends on your, well, I mean, I enough. like taking fair them enough. apart because it's, yeah. you know, it's a challenge. But some people are, like Heather would be like, it just, can I throw this away? Sujan would be the same. But people who are listening to this podcast, we invite you to take it apart. It's not it's not True. difficult. It's not that hard. Just pay attention to what comes off at one what order. I have the easy button on today, apparently. You do have the easy <laughs> button on today. <laughs> the easy button. We should always claim we're like, is this the easy button? Is this episode? the easy button? Yes. Yes, All it right. is. For me it is. All right. So Alicia's gonna reel me in. <laughs> okay. Um attic, go up in your attic. And look around, see if there's any indication of water, right? Has the roof been leaky? Especially all the rain we've been getting. Oh, goodness, Good time to check. And you want to make sure also that if you have insulation that goes up to the roof eaves, right, inside, that 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 is pulled away so that you're actually getting good ventilation in the roof, right? Okay. You want your roof to breathe. Otherwise, that's what makes your house incredibly stuffy. If If your roof or your attic space doesn't breathe, if you don't have the proper vents, you don't have a, a whole house fan, all of those baffles or those uh, holes for the eaves mm-hmm. are clogged. There's got insulation pushed up against it. Then, then you you can't you don't get any airflow, and okay. that's when things just get really stagnant and it affects the living space below. Sure, sure. No. Yeah. Also check for any indications of critters. Your, your favorite, right? Little rats mm-hmm. or birds, particularly as they're nesting birds, right now. Squirrels as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Wear a Tyvek suit and a mask. Just yes. Because it's nasty up there, or can be. Replace any worn cartridges or washers in your faucet if you've got a drip. Mm-hmm. You know, drip, drip, drip. Get that taken care of. Um, YouTube, again, is a great source. Did you ever—we're going to digress again. Did, <laughs> did you ever— Unheard of. Check out uh, Matriarchy Build? Uh, was I supposed to try something? <laughs> No, I remember. No, you were just so excited about it. And you I was like, still am. Oh. I still I just, am. I was just wondering if you'd ever oh, like to book out. them for something. Or just to, you just, know what? Thank you for the reminder, actually, because I was thinking of you the other day, and I'm like, it really sucks that you don't do handy woman stuff anymore, and that you're doing renovations. Because I'm like, I need somebody to just help out with some little things, and so matriarchy build. That's exactly what is a possibility there. I thank you for the reminder. And you, you realize that you can call me and for like uh, beer and pizza, I'd be but more than happy to can. hang out with you and <laughs> help you with some of your projects. No, thank you for the reminder because I am still very excited about it. Okay. I think it's a cool thing. And, and everybody out there, give it a shot because like, I want to hear about the experience. Right. So I'm really interested. I haven't gotten any hits on my end as far as it being, oh, you being a consult or anything like that. No. And do you have so. you listed as just renovations? As a general contractor. Remodels. Yeah, remodels. Yeah. Oh, as a general yeah. contractor, right. Yep, right, yep. Right. Check in with me again on that. In September. <laughs> when we're doing the dryer vent. Yeah. <laughs> GFCIs. Yeah. I want to make sure that those are tripping. So uh, take a corded radio. I mean, So your outlets that I have guess the- a blow dryer. Yeah. Would be a good one. So you put in the the blow dryer and then you dump you it in water. Push the button. No. <laughs> wow. I thought we were supposed to test to see if this thing was working. No, you're just pushing the test button. Got it. Okay. So plug plug the hair dryer in. Turn the hair dryer on. So you push know the on. test button. It should stop. Okay. If it doesn't, there's an issue. And then there's a reset button. You push that reset button and it should come good back to go. on. Yep. Okay. Um. Clean the refrigerator coils. Have you done that one? Not with my new one. You've, How often are we supposed to do that? that? You've Six had months? that. You've had that new one for two couple years. years. Mm. You had your renovation done pre-COVID. Yes. <laughs> so it's been a couple of years. <laughs> yeah, we'll check on that one. We're in supposed September to be doing that as well. Is that a six-month thing? Uh, is that a quarter thing? No, it's not a quarter. I don't think I have any of them that are actually quarterly. It would it be every six months or? Well, um, I think that dryer vent you're telling me is quarterly. It, no, it's not. Right. It's just the one that you refuse <laughs> to do. I just keep on pushing it forward to the next right, quarter. Right. Got it. Uh, no, that's a good idea. I need to find out where those coils are. And then also extra cleaning that you want to do is is to clean off the door gaskets. Yes. Okay. Um, that's okay. a good thing. Uh, making sure there isn't any ice buildup. In the freezer, right? You know, sometimes if the air is not flowing properly, you can get um, ice built up uh, in the freezer and in the refrigerator part, and then clean the refrigerator as well. Yeah, just of gross, nasty. Ours is the worst. Good healthy thing for you. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And that is it. That is it for summer maintenance. So that's so, stuff we can do pretty quick. Absolutely, stuff you can do pretty quick. Stuff we can. Yep. Do. I'm happy to do that. All right. No, so we have a listener a couple of listener questions. First one is, I'm getting my hardwood floor refinished. What do I do with all my stuff? Because it's going to take a few days. Yes. And it's going to be messy. 
Yes. So where do they put all their stuff? Well, you want to move it out. Like, like rent- out, out. Like, don't even cover it. Take it out. No, because they're going to have to move it around. They want they want that floor to be free of everything. Okay. Um, because you can't, like, do this section and then move the furniture on that to, under that section and then do the next section because you, you want it to dry properly. So there's and the, sometimes there's the sanding, time. right? There's yeah. this, they come in and they do all of the sanding and the prep and the repair um, the first day or so, depending upon how big it is, right? Mm-hmm. If it's 7,000 square damaged. feet, it may take yeah. a little bit longer. But <laughs> So yeah, renting a pod or if you have a garage that you're able to put everything into or stuffed into a bedroom or something, but just clear it out. And it's going to cost less if you do that. The less work these guys have to do, Right, the less money moving around your right. If if they can come in and they look at it and it's like, we can do this in eight eight hours, right? I exaggerate, but um, you know, you'd be surprised at how quickly they can come in there and actually have it all sanded down, vacuumed, and then the first coat can be maybe on that if there's not a lot of repair, right? If there's not a lot of repair, they could have that done. Are they going to take the baseboards off? It depends on if you want them to. Oh, okay. So sometimes people will take that opportunity to take them off and replace with new or paint them or something, or Mm -hmm. you can just leave them in place and they'll work around it. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have that that first coat, usually a day, a second coat, usually a day, and typically three coats is is pretty good. And then- um, Are they sandy in between? I don't know if they do or not. I think it depends on the finish. I think so. I yeah. think so. And of course, what's your the- feeling on finishes these days? Like, I, th- I thought you, if you had a hardwood floor, you really want to protect it with Swedish or nothing. Yeah, I don't think that's the case anymore. That's like, you know, oh, it used to be oil paint. Right. If you want a really good finish, you use oil paint. And you want it to last. Right. Go and with the most toxic. <laughs> exactly. And that's what's happening, right? Yeah. It's like, okay, so is it going to, are you going to refinish them in 15 years? Are you going to refinish them in 20? And how many, how, what what kind of fumes have you, you know, sucked down if you've done the, the Swedish finish and gotten five extra years out of it? Yeah. Those five years are gone from your life then. Right. <laughs> right. So I think that the- So the Swedish is super toxic. Yeah. And yeah. some of the other finishes, I think, sometimes, depending on it, may take an extra uh, layer. But the two that I was looking at, also there's no money difference either. Like I oh, was, really? I was having a hard time finding a compelling reason, and the Swedish tend to, um, they'll have more of that gold oh, tint yeah. to it mm-hmm. as it ages and has sun hit it and mm-hmm. stuff like that, where it sounds like some of the other finishes. I think it's an interesting thing to look into, and I just wouldn't buy somebody telling you that it has to be Swedish. I think there's good options out there that are less toxic. Oh, yeah. And you don't well, have like to move it. out of your house right, right. when they do it. Because of the Swedish, you do have to leave for the night. You can't sleep in it. Not that I, uh, yeah, I think you, you no want matter to definitely where it is be house. out. Yeah, I think you definitely want to be out of it. And you want to make sure that you're, uh, the the people that are doing it are, you know, putting up plastic sheathing so that you, the dust is not going everywhere. Like they on your windows using, and such? Yeah, they should be using um, a, a sander that's got a vacuum that's attached to it. Um, and sometimes, you know, there's, there's going to be dust. But Right. So get your stuff out. Garage. Or a pod, go mm-hmm. ahead and make the investment. Mm-hmm. And then there's nothing on your stuff when you put it back in. Right. Second question, uh, running Ethernet. I know wireless is the world right uh-huh. now, 
but wireless does get impeded by walls and thick walls. Um, so sometimes that doesn't work everywhere. And even if you put access spots, it's best if it's hardwired with Ethernet cable. So what are some tips if I was running my Ethernet cable and I didn't want to like run it on the floor or in the, you know, on the wall or anything? How would you approach that? Do you have... Uh, and the answer is not have an electrician do it. Okay. <laughs> Remember, I got the easy button today. <laughs> um, is there access from below? I mean, do you have like an unfinished basement or a crawl space or is it a finished, is, is it a finished area? Because essentially it's a lot like running electrical wire in that if you want it behind the walls... There's way you, you cut channels in the wall and you drill it through the studs and you pull it that way, or you know, you come channels from in the wall underneath. But it depends mean? on which way you're if, Going you, up or if down. you're running from if you're running from uh, you know, the, the bottom to the top, you can use in one joist bay, you mm -hmm. can do a, a you know, what they call fish tape and, and you know, fish it out. But if you're going horizontally, so you're going to be going across several joists, then we you cut a channel, um, and that gets you know the studs get drilled through, and it goes it gets fished through that. You can come from above in the attic and come down, mm -hmm. uh, or you can come from the basement or the crawl space or the unfinished at uh, unfinished basement and go up that way as well. Yeah, there's a lot of different. So ways. how does fish tape work? Is all is it's, it really it's, a tape? It's no, it's it's kind of a it's misnomer. A, it's it's like a it's almost like a snake, you know, like a plumbing snake. Okay. It's it's a it's a flat metal, not quite a rod, not quite not, a rod, but not quite a cable. Right, right. That's got just a, a hook on the end of it, right? And they've just taken that flat piece of metal and and brought it back on itself, and then it's on a reel, mm. so it's flexible enough that you can reel it up, and flexible enough that you can you can push it down into a joist bay or whatever. Um, why but firm they, enough that it can guide itself? Right. Yes. Yeah. It and it will get hung up on things, and and so it's it's not going to tear things up that are in the wall. So if I go into my unfinished attic, mm -hmm. most times I can see down into my walls, yes? No, because you're going to have a top plate. Okay. So what you would have to do is you would have to drill through that top plate, and then you would be inside the joist bay. Okay. And then drop that down, and then you can you can cut your for your outlet box, mm -hmm. if that's the way you're going to do it. Yeah. You take the fish tape then and push it down through there until you can get that uh, fish tape out from the outlet box. And so it might connect be your wire, and then you pull that fish tape back out through, and there you go. And you'll have less; it'll be less likely that you have insulation in an interior wall. Correct. So that would be the better place to try to run a cable up and down a joist right. bay. Yep. And so I measure. Like, how do I know which joist bay, you know, how do I know from the top to the bottom that I'm in the right joist bay? It is, it's, it can be kind of tricky in, in getting your bearings, especially if you're up in the attic and you've got blown in insulation. So it's really hard to see any of your top plates or any of your, your joists or rafters or anything like that. So it can be kind of tricky and figuring out where, where your walls are intersecting and things like that. Mm -hmm. So it's a... It, so maybe referencing where electrical has been run. Right. You could also take and drill a hole th 
through your ceiling close to where you want it to go. And then you put, you know, like a long wire up through there so that when you go into the attic, you can look, oh, it's right there. Okay, so I need to go three inches this way and I'm going to be into the wall. All Mm. right. Hope that's helpful. I'm uh, needing to do a lot of that at a church. Oh. So we're going to be doing that. So you're doing, you're, you're changing careers? No, I just help where, you know, it's been my whole life, my whole career. They're like, do you think you could help us do that? And I'm like, probably. Here's <laughs> a challenge. Let's give I it can a, do it. Let's give it a shot. Okay. We can probably do it. All right. <laughs> if you have any questions, and honestly, if you clean out your dryer vent and you can show us a picture of it, I will sing you a song. Um, so send that to askamy at amyworks.com. <laughs> Kayla, you do not get to do this. Oh, you know she's going to have somebody. <laughs> Somebody's going to do it. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's going to be good. All right, we'll do that. And if you have any questions about regular maintenance or seasonal maintenance or a project that you're working on, please drop us a line at askamy at amyworks.com. Hope you're having a good spring and early summer. Thank you, Amy. Thank you, Alicia. Makes me wonder. You're right. You're right, Alicia. You're right. This podcast is sponsored by Amy Works, a residential remodeling contractor in Seattle. We want to help you realize the dream of your next kitchen, bath, or basement remodel. Check out some of our work on our website, amyworks.com. Give us a call at 206-478-2019 or send us an email at help at amyworks.com.